Hey guys, it's Hannah, your host for the Small Potatoes Podcast, and I am so excited to be talking to you today. Um, today, we are going to be diving in to 20 things that I learned at 20, and um, I turned 21 in February, and I was sitting at a dinner table with a couple friends, and they were asking me all about the year and things that I learned and um, things that God taught me this year, and I realized that there is a long list of things that I learned this year. There was um, just a lot that happened and such a pivotal year in my life, and I was like, well, maybe there is someone that um, could benefit from me sharing these things that I learned. I know that I've benefited so much from other people sharing things that they have learned with me. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and dive into 20 things that I learned at 20. So the first thing that I learned, and this is not in any particular order, um, I think that I'm still even learning these things uh, and reminded of them every single day. Um, but the first thing is have open hands to change. And um, I learned this the hard way because this year uh, there's so much change. I moved from Texas to Arizona uh, when I was 19 turning 20. Um, and then I planned on being there for three years and God changed my plans. And, um, then I left college and I came to Cincinnati and started working for church for a short period of time. And, you know, he's just changed my plans so many times. And I learned that if I have my hands too tight, then I can't um, actually receive a blessing that he has for me. And I can't let him guide me and lead me um, to his promises and what he has for me uh, and where he wants me to be. And just, uh, yeah, so definitely have learned to have open hands to change. And following that, I learned that change is good. And Sometimes change doesn't feel good. It actually really hurts. Um, but when you're walking with the Lord and there's change, like all things work together for his good and for his glory. Um, and uh, despite the grief and feelings that come along with change, uh, uh, he is good. And he works all things for good. And so in turn, change is good. And it's really hard to believe that um, when you lose something or, um, you know, you have an expectation that isn't being met. But I've learned that he exceeds expectations even when uh, we don't know that he can. <laughs> so, hey. Another thing that I learned is Invite God into everything and you will see him in everything. And this is a practice that obviously I was kind of told my whole life, but um, I didn't really like begin to explore until the past year or so. And um, it began with me just inviting him into showing me uh, 
his presence during the day and, and what he had for me and what he wanted me to do. And, um, a really cool story is I was sitting at a coffee shop and Hey, if you want some advice, some knowledge, some wisdom, go sit at a coffee shop, go listen to people's conversations. Um, I know that sounds weird (laughs) and you're kind of taught like not to like eavesdrop, but man, there's so much knowledge and wisdom to be shared there. And I was sitting and I was talking to God and I heard him tell me to listen. And so I started listening to the people around me and, um, it ended up being two pastors, one former pastor and another current pastor. And they were like in their seventies ish, um, probably my grandpa's same age. And they actually weren't even pastors around the area. They were like from an hour and a half away, which I think is just such a God thing and crazy. Um, but they were talking about the Acts church and, um, the, the big C church and just our call to be disciples and not converts and something that I was praying about and really wrestling with actually, um, months prior to this encounter. And it opened up to some really cool conversations and, um, being encouraged and, uh, yeah, it was, it was actually really, really cool, but I don't think that I would have paid attention to that conversation or, um, just been open to what God was teaching me through that conversation. If I didn't invite him into my, um, day in my space, um, and just focused my eyes back on him and what he, um, wanted for me. Uh, instead of myself. So, yeah. Um, and with that, another thing that I learned is dependency on anything but Jesus leads to unsatisfaction and death. And you guys, wow, this was harder than it seemed to finally realize that I was depending on other people, I was depending on a goal, I was depending on an achievement to fill a God-sized hole, um, and I was walking with the Lord, but I was not letting him sustain me, um, and he, he showed me that quickly when I tried to fill a God-sized hole with a human, um, it it was uns- like I was left unsatisfied because humans and people are imperfect and they are always going to mess up. And, um, yeah, that was a hard pill to swallow. But once I realized it, I have been so much more content, so much happier because instead of leaning on something else, I lean on him and he does feel and he does sustain me. So, man, that was tough lesson to learn um another thing that i learned is the same power that rests in fill in the blank rest in you um and that comparison is like from the enemy to kill and destroy you and it does destroy people and their potential that god has given them and the gifts that he's given them and how he set you apart, and um, he has a plan for you in the kingdom, and when you're focused on someone else, 
then you're not looking towards heaven to um, actually like be obedient and find out what he has for you and what he wants you to do. Um, instead, you're comparing yourself to someone else who's giftings and call may not be the same as yours so it's uh turkey and it it sucks (laughs) but um yeah that same power that rest and then rest in you and you know that promise was fulfilled when he died and he tore the veil and now he dwells inside of you and so um yeah just remembering that no one else has a better call or um, a better gifting or is better in any way. Uh, like in the kingdom, because we're all called according to his will and uh, through the gifts that he has given us. So, yeah, when when you realize that. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Um The next thing that I learned is not very spiritual, but it is that I absolutely love to cook. And if you lived with me or um, have known me in the past, I am not a cook. But this year, I kind of started dabbling into cooking, especially like starting in like what, like October, November into um when I turned 21, which was in February, I really started dabbling into it. And I was inspired by my friend, Alicia, and she was like posting all these reels and like pictures and TikToks and stuff. And I was like, I want to be able to uh, cook like really bad. Like I just, I want to cook. And so I started cooking and I actually just asked the Lord like, hey, can you help me learn to cook because this is not something that comes natural to me. I was never taught really how to cook. Um, it just wasn't something that I was taught. And so I have been figuring that out and the Lord, it's so crazy. Like, you know, that he is teaching me how to cook. Like when I say that it sounds crazy out loud, but it is so true. Like just being so inspired. Um, yeah. And Hey, I've been making some bomb meals, so if you ever need some dinner, come break bread with me. But, yeah, that's that. Another thing is um, never wear an oversized sweatshirt when cooking. That is something else that I learned. Um, I have done this twice, and you would think that I would learn my lesson, but um, that is not true. (laughs) I was wearing this oversized sweatshirt and cooking orange chicken from Trader Joe's. Come on, it's so good. Um, and my sweatshirt caught on fire and it burnt hole in it. And I still wear it because it's like a little security blanket. But yeah, it don't wear a sweatshirt while you're cooking. <laughs> Another thing that I learned is joy comes from the knowledge that has over- that God has overcome the darkness of the world. And I think. That's probably the best news ever because no matter how dark this world seems, no matter the things that are happening in this world that, you know, break our hearts, like that are just so evil. And just from 
this nasty place, um, God has overcome this world and he um, is shining light in the darkness and he has won and um, remembering that through those times and, and, you know, that joy, I think it's such, you know, the devil just wants to take that away from you uh, and just drown you in all this darkness and uh, just remembering that God is good all the time and he's working it together for good. And um, yeah, yeah, yes, he is overcome the darkness of the world. Such goodness, such goodness. Um, the next thing that I learned is being creative connects you to the creator. And this year was such a uh, learning of how I, or such a year of learning of how I connect with the Lord and what that looks like. In different seasons, it changes. Um, you know, doing things like reading my Bible and, and learning him and learning his character and having um, intentional prayer time and just talking to him throughout my day and inviting him into my day. Those are all ways that I connect with him. But another thing that I learned is being creative connects you to the creator. And I was sitting in class at college in Arizona and we had a class and they said something along the lines of everyone is creative because we were created in the likeness of a creator, which means that we share that trait with him, that we are creative because the creator created us in his image, right? And, um, so I started like dabbling into songwriting and, um, writing and into just doing things like graphic design and, and just different things that, and, and it connected me with him. And I was able to ask for, you know, Holy Spirit inspiration from things around me that he created, which is just, oh my goodness, it's just so cool. So, um, definitely would encourage you to get a little creative um, and see how it connects you with the God that created the universe. The next thing that I learned is be intentional with people. It will make someone stay if you are just taking an extra minute to be intentional. Send the text, you know, say hello. Um, Remember someone's name. Remember something that someone likes. Like, be intentional and you will see relationships change. Um, You will see that you're actually able to connect with someone on such a deeper level uh, just by being intentional. And it's really not that hard. Um, We actually have these really cool things called phones that have notes app and a reminders app and a calendar. And when you use those tools that are right in front of you, everybody has, mostly everybody has, um, it, it's pretty easy to be intentional and it means the world to someone and yeah, be intentional with God's people because he's intentional with us. So yeah, another thing that kind of follows that is follow the promptings and this like, is so much harder said than done, I think. Well, it's easy, but our pride gets in the way. My pride gets in the way. And I kind of have to humble myself, but I say so more, so many more no's than I do yeses. And sometimes there, 
I, I know that when I do say yes, there are blessings and not, not that I'm doing it for that, but, uh, when you are walking in accordance to his will and being obedient to him, um, he wants to bless you for that. And, um, so yeah, just be obedient, follow the blessings, have that conversation with someone. That was another thing that I have on my list is talk to that person. Um, there's so many conversations that I've had with people that I honestly, at the beginning, didn't really like want to have. Like I felt like I probably didn't have the capacity to, or I was too tired. But those those um, little conversations turned into beautiful friendships. I actually, it was crazy. I was like. I got this prompting to tell someone that I liked their sweater at Salsa Dancing on the Square in Cincinnati. And we are best friends now. And her name's Graham. Hey, Graham. I love you so much. Um, but yeah, so follow the promptings, talk to the person, and be intentional with people. It will mean the world to them. And you will see God in that. Um, another thing that I learned is I am not God's defender. Um, the word stands firm on its own, and um, I don't have to convince someone that it is true. Um, all I have to do is live my life looking um, like Jesus and loving like the Lord and pointing to him, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest of the work um, for me. And obviously, um, sharing the gospel and, and sharing his truth, but uh, I don't have to try to convince someone. Um, that it is true because I'm not the defender of his word. Um, I, yeah, that, that's kind of all I have to say about that is I'm not the defender of him. Um, he, he is actually so good and so big and so much greater than I am. And, uh, his spirit can lead people to him. So. Yes, that is something that I learned. Um, another thing that I learned is revival actually isn't about ourselves at all. And this year I was actually able to go to Asbury. Um, the Asbury Revival was a huge gathering um, in Kentucky at Asbury School and um, like University, I think. And so I was able to go and there were so many people and it, it lasted so long. Um, I, I actually don't know the exact amount of days. I should have probably researched that. Um, before I started talking about it, but um, I got to go in the room and it was so cool. And I think um, as I listen to TikToks or, or people talk about it, some people are like, I didn't feel anything. And it's like, well, revival actually isn't about you. It's actually about um, God and, and turning our gaze to heaven and um, praising him. And you know, reviving the lost and, and the broken and turning people's eyes towards him and um, worshiping him and marveling in him. And uh, it's actually not for, you know, yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, um, revival is not about ourselves. It's about Jesus and his kingdom and his people and what he's done for us. So and it can't be planned, you know. Revival isn't planned, uh, but it's really cool when it happens, yeah? 
Another thing that I learned is that God has the whole picture and I only have a sliver. And um, sometimes in change, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to be okay with that. Uh, it, it hurts uh, to not know what's next and it's scary. Um, but like I said, all things are together for good for those who love him. And, um, he is working it all together and he has the whole picture. So why not trust someone who knows, you know, um, we trust our parents, uh, when, you know, they, when we're really little and, um, you know, they are driving us home and we're in the car, we trust that they're going to get us to the destination because they know how to get home, right? They know the exact way. They know exactly what it looks like. God knows the exact way and exactly what it looks like. So we just have to trust that he will get us from point A to point B. And then it'll be how he wants it and in his timing. So, yeah. Um, Another thing that I learned is the death of unsatisfaction is gratitude. And, um, I think it's pretty, pretty easy, like, or not easy, it's uncomplicated, but it's hard to to practice, but, um, just, just as it is, when you're unsatisfied, and you remember who God is, and, um, what he's done for you, and how he's worked, then you'll be able to see him, and how he's working now, and, um, it will replace that unsatisfaction and it's okay to still be grieving. Um, sorry. You can probably hear the fridge. I apologize. This is like a one take thing. So, um, I'll try to make it not happen next time. But anyways, um, and if you didn't hear it, Hey, that's cool too. Um, anyways, yeah. But, uh, what was I even saying? The death of unsatisfaction is gratitude. And, yeah, so, gratitude, like, there's science about how it changes our brain. And our, it alters, like, the pathways in our brain. And when we practice, you know, gratitude, um, like, how it, how it really does change our brain. And you can go and research that. Like, there are so many studies. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's that. Changing the, changing your mindset of all the things that, um, you've lost and, and what's not working to, um, hey, this isn't working, but, uh, God's worked here before. Yeah. That's, it's really cool. Really hard. So, another thing is, um, the fire dies shortly after you decide not to kindle it. Um, when you're, you have a fire outside, you know, and, um, someone's not like fanning the flame and like kindling the fire, then it shortly will die. And then you won't be able to make s'mores. Right. But, um, it's, it's the same with the fire that we have. And, um, when, you know, we have this mountaintop experience or maybe we just have a really cool encounter with the Lord, we can be on fire. Right. But if we're not 
spending that time with him, if we're not investing in that relationship with him, if we're not inviting him into our day, if we're not learning his word, then that fire will die. It will, because you're not feeding it. The bread of life, right? So, um, yeah, if, and I, I heard this from the Handlebar Bar podcast, so, but, uh, it like shook me when I heard it, and, um, so true. So, yeah, definitely fan the flame, kindle fire, um, or it'll die. And, um, I think that's why a lot of people struggle with, like, church camps and things like that, because they go on a mountaintop experience, and they're on fire for the Lord, and then, a month later, they're, they're like lost and like, wait, what happened? And it's because they didn't kindle it. And it has happened to me so many times. Um, another thing that I learned is fruitful doesn't always mean fruit filled. Just because there are fruit that someone has like, like that you've seen in their life doesn't mean that they're fruit filled. Um, and yeah, just to, you know, the Bible talks about um, you will know them by their fruit inter and, um, so just, just really look in, into the people around you and find the, that fruit and, um, yeah, and encourage them towards, uh, more. Yeah. Another thing that I learned is that, and I think this is the last thing too, is that it is okay to grieve. Grieving is such, is so hard and I'm not qualified to talk about it really. But, um, it's, you know, dying of something, whether it be a dream or a person or, um, an expectation, um, and, making space for that is okay and to acknowledge that you're hurting is okay um there there was a lot of grief this year and there still is all the time and i think that that is life and that is a circle is a part of the circle of life um cue wanking but it's okay you can you can grieve and still have joy, um, and knowing that God is good. Uh, not to like, you know, make your situation small, but hey, small potatoes, yeah? So you made it to the end. I'm so glad that I got to be here with you right now, and I cannot wait until next week same time same place thank you for listening bye